a relationship. But what I was told that it was hard being saved and still trying to look for love. That's what I was told. Somebody say told. Told. So with that in my head, that kind of made me have a distorted view on love and on God. And so I end up meeting a young lady. And we hit it off. Looked like everything was going good. And I made a foolish mistake that some people would do. I assumed. Never asked questions. Now this was years ago. But I would assume. And so the hard question, the main question, I felt like I didn't have to ask because I thought everybody loved the Lord. I thought everybody was saved. So I didn't ask those hard questions. But as I began to be in this relationship, I realized I had this feeling that someone right. People call it that gut feeling. Some people say intuition. But I realize now as an adult that it was God speaking. God speaking. So as I began to be in this relationship, instead of me asking, because I was saved, instead of me asking if she was saved, I assume, but I never saw her read the Bible. I assumed I never hear her mention about God. But because of my assumption, I felt that if she ain't saved, I don't have to ask her. What I'll do if she ain't saved, I'll have to get saved. So as we begin to date and doing all type of foolery, Doing all type of things that I did not learn in growing up in church. I felt like I still can help her get to God. But when I realized I would leave church, I'm going to be very transparent, but I'm going to kind of talk over some younger people. I was leaving church but still going to the grocery store to get some condoms. Mm -hmm. But still saved. Mm -hmm. And so I realized when I began to do that, I realized I was warring in myself. But I didn't realize that how bad off I was. Mm. And so finally, when I would get to church, I would always hear about giving up the things of unlike God. So I would make a commitment that I would stop doing it until I left the church. <laughs> and then I would say, well, what I would do, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop because she needs to know the Lord. And so 
it stopped for about two days. <laughs> and then, 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 don't they know I'm very transparent. Yes, yes. So I slipped. And then after I slipped a couple days later, I failed. <laughs> but then I realized things are not working out. But what I would do, I realized that there were many problems that we would have in the relationship, along with the problems that I was having within myself. Yes. And the people that I would talk to, that would tell me what I need to do, but God says, Lord, I realized that they were telling me the same thing. And I didn't want to hear what they had to say. So after I got tired of going to the same person and they were telling me the same thing, I would look for other people to talk to. Right. And so find out one thing. First person I'm gonna mention that's here. I end up giving a call to a young man named Brother Landy. I called him one day and told him that we were having problems in our relationship. Things were not working out. But I didn't know what to do. His first question he asked me was, what's she saying? And so I said, well, well, I can help her get saved. He said, you don't know enough to get her saved. I'll never forget where I was at when he said that. I was in Fort Worth at Walmart parking lot off of Roof Snow. He said that to me. Forget about him being my relative. When he said that, bam, it was an uppercut right here. But I knew he was right. But there were still problems. But I didn't understand why somebody that grew up in church was going through so much. So eventually, when I was having those problems and I realized things were not getting better, in the midst of that, I ended up participating in a beautiful wedding of a relative and a friend of mine named Shanika Hogg. Beautiful wedding. That was the time that we all, as a church and as a family, should have been celebrated. But as I was there, something was happening that was making me feel very uncomfortable. I began to start seeing stuff. I began to start picking up stuff right here. I'm going to tell, tell you, I've never said this out here before. But while we were at Nika's wedding, where the celebration was going on, her marrying the love of her life, I began to start seeing the young lady that I was with having sex with multiple people. I began to see it. And it didn't make sense. Because am I imagining, and maybe am I going crazy? And I realized I would leave the reception, go to the restroom, go on to other tables, to just the fellowship, and I realized I couldn't get those images even when I closed my eyes, I couldn't get those images because I would see it. 
And that was one of few times in my life I began to start seeing things so vividly. Yeah. And I realized that that was not something I was imagining. Hmm. There were many times in my life God would show me things and I realized it was not my imagination. Amen. It was God showing me something. Yes. 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 So as I was at the reception, moving from table to table, then they had all the party, the, the people that was in the party of the wedding to sit in their assigned seats. So I wanted to kind of be off to the side, but the party was in front of everybody. So I felt like maybe I could just find a seat to the side because I don't want to be seen. I'm being troubled. Yeah. And all the seats were taken but one. And it was by Naga, hear me for calling him not my pastor right now, but it was by my uncle. At the time, it was the only seat available. And I did not want to sit by him. Because I knew that he could see. I knew he can hear. And I'm not talking about the physical senses either. We're talking about the spiritual senses. So I had to sit down by him, shaking and shivering. How they say, you shake my nerves and you rattle my brain. Well, he was doing that to me because I was very uncomfortable because I did not want anything exposed when I was going through and dealing with. And so, Uncle Otis, he said, uh, hey, you all right? I said, yeah, 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 yeah. So he says, you ain't all right. Am I kidding? He said, I know you. He said, I know you. Whatever it is, you need to let it go and give it to God. So he said that, and I left, I was very uncomfortable, very uncomfortable. So I left, and I went out to the, I went out to the bathroom, then I left and went outside, and I ran into, he's not here, but I ran into my brother, Ronnie. The one that some people say, they call him the black sheep of the family. And he got me in the car and he said, man, I'm going to tell you something. The same thing Pastor Logan said, the same thing that he said. He said, it's gonna, it may sound unusual coming from me. But he said, man, you somewhere that God don't have for you. He said, God got so much for you. He said, this is me talking. But he said, God got something for you, man. But you need to give it to him. Everything. Everything. So after that, I realized, you know what? Because I saw that image all throughout, all throughout that day, all throughout the day doing the wedding. I implement the rule, don't ask, don't tell. <laughs> I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to ask anything. And so what I did, being honest with you, what I did, if she was, if she was with somebody, 
Because she was out of town. If she was with somebody, I'd be better than him. All I need to do is romance her, flowers, cars, candy, money, and sex. Being honest. When I tried that, and I realized I was making matters worse. And then I realized I didn't want to lose her. But I was compromising who I was for who God made me. That's right. I didn't want to lose her though. Because I thought that eventually I could win her over. I thought that I could make her the young lady that God wanted me to have. So after that, I realized time went on, but it kept getting where I kept getting miserable. Things that seemed like they were just a normal day would end up being a fight. Until one day, things were going okay. And I went into a bedroom, and she was right there in the bed. And then I said, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and have my fun. And as I was getting ready to go into the bed, God showed me something. God showed me a pretty baby lying in the bed with satin sheets. The baby was just quiet, peaceful. And all of a sudden, as that baby was just lying there comfortable, there was a snake coming on the foot of the bed. Big python snake getting ready to kill that baby. And right then and there, I said, whoa, I'm the baby because she trying to take me away from God. I grew up in church. She's trying to take my innocence. That's what I said. And God said, no, you're the snake. She's the baby. Because she don't know me and you forbidden her from knowing me. You know that. He said, you know that. But how can she hear me when you were stopping her, uh, and he said, I could kill you just like that. Uh, yes. Yes. He said that. And then I went to work. And those that know, I worked at Loose Theory. And at the time, I was working in the infirmary, the old infirmary. They had the same cells. They had the people that were, they called it behavior observation, mental inmates. And there was one in particular. That was used to throwing feces at the officers, getting urine, throwing spit, fighting the officers. And that one inmate, and I still remember his name, his cell was closed, his doors were shut, but I could hear him. Remember, this is an inmate that's mentally, they call it mentally deranged, disturbed. And all of a sudden, I heard him. Oh, how long? How long are you going to disobey me? How long are you going to treat me like this? I love you. I died for you. And it made me think about 
for God had the donkey to speak. And God used that man to speak to me. Remember, I grew up in church. Knew what was right. Just like many of you all. And I kept hearing that and I realized I need help. I realized I was further than I thought. I was further than I anticipated. I didn't count up the full cost of my sins. I didn't think about it. I thought it was just a little penny. I stayed right here close to the end zone. But come to find out, I'm way up there. So I realized, God, I need deliverance. I need victory. Not just because of this relationship, but because of my soul. I realized I needed help. So when I realized that, First thing he told me, first and foremost, he told me, I'm going to tell you what the problem is. You don't know what love is. First, the love that I have for you. And then also the love you should have for yourself. So when he told me, he told me to look in the mirror. Now, those that know, I love, I've always believed in trying to be romantic, right? poems and all this stuff Ken always did that ever since I was a kid so I had never had a problem in telling a young lady how I felt yeah, not verbally, audibly however but God told me to look in the mirror and tell that person I see in the mirror tell yourself, tell you I love you and I looked in the mirror for the first time because I always hated looking at I hated the way I look. I hated everything about me. And he told me to look in the mirror, and I looked in the mirror, thinking it was going to be easy because all I need to say is, I love you. But I looked in the mirror, and I couldn't say it. I looked, I couldn't fix my mouth because I didn't believe what I was going to say. I did not know how to love me. Yes. And for the first time, I looked in the mirror and I broke down crying. Because I did not know how to say to me, I love you. I didn't know how to. So eventually, after 45 minutes, I was able to say it, and it was hard. Being honest, it was hard. But God told me to say it every day. So after that, God was letting me know that he had plans for me. So what I needed to do is ask him what are his plans for my life. And the first thing, being honest, I asked him about was this particular relationship. So I told God, no matter what, I'm going to obey you, I'm going to follow you. But if this is the right relationship, you fix everything out. You fix everything out pertaining to this relationship. If 
this is the right one. But if this is not the right one, God, take her out of my heart. I want you to take everything pertaining to her out of my heart. And so, with that, the first thing, backtrack a little bit before I said that, I made a phone call. I made a phone call to somebody that's here today. Excuse me. I made a phone call. And that person, you can excuse me for saying this, I called and I and I didn't tell her, I told her everything, not about her. I told her everything about me. I confessed everything under the sun about me. But this is what I did also. I, I didn't tell her to pray for me. I told Sister Logan, I'm fasting and I'm praying. And I don't want you to pray for me. I want you to touch and agree with me that if this is the right one, you fix everything for us to get married. But if she ain't the right one, take her out of my heart. And we prayed, and the next morning, I woke up, and things were bright, things were different. And all of a sudden, she called. And I saw her name on a call ID, and I felt nauseated. I felt sick. I realized God answered my prayers. He took the taste of her out of my mouth. So I realized she wasn't the right one. I realized I was, instead of bringing her to Christ, I was pulling further and further and further from Christ. And after that, after getting my answer that she wasn't the right one, getting my answer that mm, you need to leave it alone. I held on to that. And I still stayed involved with her. And then one day, God said, I gave you an answer. Mm -hmm. I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm saying I need to leave it alone. But he said, delayed obedience mm. is still disobedience. disobedience. That's right. He said, I gave you the answer. Mm -hmm. But you can't wait for things to fall apart. You can't even wait for her to break it off. You need to break it off. Mm -hmm. He said, me. Never done anything like that before in my life. But he said, you. I gave you the charge. I gave you the responsibility. You need to end it. And so after holding on to that, I realized I was becoming somebody that I wasn't. I realized I was becoming mean. I almost at one time almost cussed her out. And I realized I need to end it immediately. So after I ended it, I realized after I ended the relationship, God told me, now, what you need to do. Because I had some vacation time coming up. He said, you need to take off work. 
Don't tell anybody you're taking off. You need to spend that quality time with me. He said, I want to teach you how to be a man. I, wanna, I want you to fast and pray. I want you to get to your word like never before. So as I begin to spend some time with God, he also told me, now, those young ladies that you've been with in the past, you go back, you find them, and you repent to them. As a man, you repent to the young ladies that you've had sex with. Now, it wasn't a whole lot of them. But, I'm going to be honest with you. You talking about scared? Yes, I will. How in the world can a young man go to this young lady, find her, and then tell her, I'm sorry? And I heard this little boy, you know, it's like, one angel right here and one devil right here. I heard this devil say, well, that's going to make you seem like a punk. That's going to make you seem less than a man. But God began to speak to me and let me know that you were able to speak them out of their clothes. You were able to speak their clothes back onto them. But and also he told me, this is to help them, but it also going to help you. Because I realized I had some soul ties. You talking about somebody, I'm a guy. You talking about somebody that was insecure, vulnerable. I was all of that. You know how we would often brag on females that would always chase this guy around, go and do everything that he says to do? Well, I was the male version of it. But he told me I need to repent. And as I began to repent, and there was some I just ran into out the blue. But he also told me if you don't find them, you go to the scene of the crime. You go there, you repent. And you stand in the gap even for them. So as I began to do that, he told me to rededicate my life, my mind, my body back to him. And he did, he did that for little me. I was reborn. I was renewed. So with all of that being said, at the time, I didn't realize it, but now I understand I was listening to the world system of operating, of finding love, looking for love. Thinking my identity was going to be in operating in the world system, even as a believer. That's what I thought. But if you notice, every time I would do the world system and operate in the world system under the world's, if you want to say, democracy, I realized I was becoming further from the man that God called me to be. So with all that being said, this is the same thing that's going on today. Sure is. Big time. I want everybody that's looking at me, look at me as an example that it ain't too late. Amen. But don't wait 
until it's too late. That's right. That's right. That's right. I didn't realize how far off I was. Matter of fact, after everything was over with and I became healed, I told God, God, let me know how far off I was. And I found her sometime later. That same female that I was with, I thought everything going to be all right. She confessed to me. She was plotting to get pregnant. I don't care about telling my business if it's going to help somebody. I don't care. Because I want y'all to know where I came from so y'all can understand why I celebrate where I am. That's right. So understanding as a believer, we have to start listening to God. We have to start obeying God. Because right now, everything that's going on in this world, you need to see the protests. You see the protests that's going on in the NBA, in the NFL. You see all those things going on. And we talk about those things. But we're not talking about the protests that's going on within the church. Right. There are the protests. There's a spiritual protest that's taking place. And sometimes people think that they can hide their unallegiance to God. God has an all-seeing eye. He knows. I don't care what we do in the physical. He knows the intent of our hearts. And right now he's exposing things that's going on in the church, in his house. So what we need to do is understand that it's time for us to give up everything that's on my God. And I'm going to tell you from experience, it ain't worth you going to hell. That's right. It ain't worth the misery of involving yourself in things that's not pertaining to, not just not pertaining to God, but not pertaining to the purpose that God has for you. That's right. That's right. I want to share this with you. If you notice, in the world system, we're standing up for what Satan, what Satan says, Satan's rules. But if you notice, as we stand up for Satan's rules, we're sitting down on God's rules. So with the NBA talking about their protests, and the protest that we have in here in our church, not all of the church as a whole, it's time for us in this world system, when the devil tries to tell us what we need to do, it's time for us, and it's the name of my message, it's time for us to start taking a knee. It's time to take a knee. Philippians 3 to Philippians 2, 9 and 11. It tells us, for this reason, God highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name. So that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow of those who are in heaven and on earth 
heaven under the earth. And every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. I'm going to say that part one more time. Jesus Christ is Lord. Every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And the word Lord has added emphasis. That means there's a shout. Lord is the title of majesty, authority, honor, and sovereignty. Lord is used in the same sense of ultimate sovereign authority and command rank over all other name and position. If we don't take a knee to this world system, we're, we're actually committing a spiritual felony. I want you to know this. Jesus Christ died. I mean, sometimes we take that very like Jesus Christ died for us. He died for us. He loved us so that he died for you to have the quality of life that God the Father planned out for you. What you don't understand that? Not just talking about it on Resurrection Sunday, but understand the importance of what Jesus Christ did on the cross for you. For you, for each and every one of us. But we have to realize when it boils down to it, if we allow ourselves to keep dealing into stuff that we know that is unlike God, you know what happens? It's just like this. Everybody talk about what we have on the news where the victim don't receive justice. How many times have we seen TV and we've seen, they just say, somebody that committed a crime that got out of Scott's prison. I want you to think about this. Imagine somebody getting their house broken into and the burglar come in and beat up that homeowner almost to the point of death. And then the police comes, and instead of picking up and arresting the robber, they arrest the homeowner. How would that feel? You got the wrong person. You got an innocent person, and you let the you let the guilty person go free. That's the same thing we do when it comes down to the things that are unlike God. We putting Jesus back on the cross. We saying what you did ain't good enough. What you what we're saying is, you know what? I know better than you. I know what's best for me. I can do this. What you're doing, that doesn't matter. And everything that you plan out for me, I can do better. I can get it myself. But also, just in case, because some of us grew up in church, and we know the things that are not right, what we say sometimes is, well, you know, I just got to deal with it myself. Whatever consequences that happen, I just deal with it. Have y'all heard somebody say that? Yeah. 
But I'm going to tell you this. You cannot calculate the consequences of your choice. The devil will only show you a sneak peek. He don't show you the full detail. He'll show you a preview like a, like a still picture of a movie. But he don't show you the whole scene and the director's cut and everything. He don't show you all that. So what we need to do is realize it's time for us to surrender to God. Small life. But unfortunately, a lot of times when we feel like we know more, we can do better, we know more than God, better than God, unfortunately, some of us won't even pick up our Bible. A lot of us don't even pray until something's wrong. But you're only damaging yourself. The other bad part is we don't study, we don't pray, and then when someone try to tell you the right thing to do, we want we don't want to listen to them. Right. right. I call that we allowing ourselves to have a spiritual hunger strike. What does that mean? That means we not feeding ourselves, and we don't want nobody else to feed us, and we think that we're gonna be all right. Mm. We think what we got stored up in ourselves is enough to sustain us and get us to heaven. Mm. But it ain't. And I said all that, this may, this may be a little unusual for some, but I've been holding on to this for 14 years. And a couple weeks ago, God said it's time to talk about it. Because right now, we are in a condition to see a change in this world and in the church. So we gotta be ready. Yes. But also, I want to tell you for those who are considering giving up the faith, that's the worst thing you can do. Amen. I want to tell you, I I feel like I'm one of the survivors, just like many of you all today. One of the survivors that God has grace on. Yes. But grace is not a horse that you can ride. Mm. We have to be about our Father's business. Yeah. Playing church is over. Yes. Jesus is going to come, but also there are people who need help. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you just like some of y'all may think. A couple years ago, I would always, well, many of us have always heard Pastor Logan say, we need y'all to come to Sunday school. You need Sunday school. And if you feel like you know more than Sunday school, then Sunday school needs you. Right, that's right. So let me tell you what I used to do. I used to find that excuse not making it to Sunday school. Because I would find that there was a church that I would play at up the street during the Sunday school time. And I felt like all I need to do is just play with, play there. And then during that time, when the service is over, there'll be just enough time for the Sunday school to be over with and I'll come in the regular service. That's what I thought. But I realized I was hurting myself. I'm not, I'm not sidetracked by distractions. But I thought that me doing the work for the Lord was good enough, was helpful. But I realized God was letting me know that my motive of doing it was not right. Yes, right. And so 
God bless her, but Sister Randall. Sister Randall told me, baby, you can come to Sunday school. And I don't mind being transparent, I was not a good reader in school. I was not a good speaker in school. So she just told me, just sit by her. And once I sat by her, I went on and just started answering the questions. I started, went on and just, I went on and just sat by her and allowed her to help me. And I began to listen. And God told me, just go ahead and just start speaking. Go ahead and read those things. Go ahead and start reading. Read it out loud. Read it out loud. Read it out loud. Don't be embarrassed. Read out loud. And as I started reading, I realized it was helping me. I realized all the time I was missing summer school, I wasn't hurting the pastor nor the teacher. I was hurting myself. And I'm going to tell you this. I found out more in Sunday school. I learned principles of how to study in Sunday school more than any other place, even in seminary. But also, what I was seeing, I was seeing that I was not supporting my own church. So I want to employ it to each and every one who feel like they don't need Sunday school. You need Sunday school. And if by chance you know a whole lot, then Sunday school needs you. And those that know, when babies in the church, if I'm speaking, if they screaming and hollering, they can stay right there. That's right. Because that's a cry for help. That's right. Because that's there is some attention that needs to be met right in the earth for the children's ministry. Soon for the bilingual ministry. For those that are hearing impaired sign language. So I want to share with you all what I thought. Me getting away from Sunday school. But I didn't get away from prayer meeting. Because when it came down to it, when I had problems, I prayed. But I realized prayer wasn't just a rescue party. The Bible told us that men should always pray. In other words, prayer is supposed to be our natural response to God. So now, 2017, I want to tell you, the same God that healed me, delivered me, gave me my self-esteem, and I'm able to look in the mirror and not just say I love you, but I'm able to smile in the mirror. I'm able to look in the mirror and appreciate who God made. This is not about me, but I'm sharing with y'all so y'all understand if you're in that situation, that same God that did it for me can do it for you. You know, I, I, said, I said a couple of weeks ago how ugly I always thought I was. And I'm going to be honest with you, one more time, I thought what I needed to do was to beautify myself because God made a mistake in the way I look. So my sister Sheila, she, uh, she had the eyes, she had the teeth, she had everything that I always thought I wanted on myself. So what I did was, I didn't like the way my eyes looked. I wanted my eyes darker. So if a person want to tan, they just go outside. And they can get darker. 
So that same philosophy I used going outside and staring at the sun. <laughs> I thought me staring at the sun would have my eyes get darker. Well, Bless you, Lord. <laughs> being transparent. And then, because I got this gold tooth, I always wanted my gold tooth and my teeth to be sparkling white. So I didn't use regular toothpaste. I used jewelry cleaner to brush my gold tooth and brush my teeth. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, my God. And then, last but not least, to purify myself, I would always see some young ladies with a beauty mold on their face. And I said, well, that's what I need. I need to give me a beauty mold on my face. <laughs> so what I'm going to do, I'm going to get a black eyeliner and just put it right there. And I did that. And I ended up calling to find out how much it was going to cost to have a permanent one there. <laughs> And they said, well, you have to have some consultation first. I said, I don't care about no consultation. I just want it. <laughs> and right before I was getting ready to do it, had everything planned out. That's when God came and said, I want you to go and shave. Because I had facial hair. He said, I want you to go and shave. So I ended up shaving with a razor blade. Shaving manicured everything. He said, now I want you to look in the mirror real good. And I looked in the mirror real good and I realized the place that I was going to plant a beauty mold, it was one already there. <laughs> but what God showed me was I had to get rid of some stuff that was coming up what I already gave you, what I already put in you. And so let this be a reminder to you. There are some stuff you got to get rid of for you to see what God has already placed within you. So if my throwing myself under the bus, my embarrassments, or my shame will let you understand the same God that had the grace, compassion for this fool right here. <laughs> he can help you yeah. right now. Yeah. Where he can keep you yeah. from any mistake that the devil may try to have planned for you. Mm -hmm. I'm going to tell you this for those that are single God can preserve you yeah. until yeah. the right one comes after they say, mm -hmm. I do. Mm -hmm. You don't have to compromise your innocence. That's right. You don't have to compromise your values. Yes. You can be respected as a man or a young lady. God can help you with that. And if by chance they don't want to wait, then they ain't the one for it. God has somebody for you that's going to respect the God in you. God has somebody for you that's going to respect your kids. If you have some. God has someone that's going to respect your family values, your godly values. And if there's anybody where this message has hit, that really want to give themselves up to God, give themselves over and give up those things that they might have been struggling with, this is the perfect opportunity to come to the altar and give everything to Him.
Romans 10 and 9 tells us that thou shalt confess the Lord Jesus Christ, thy Savior, and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness. With the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So if God can have you to confess with your mouth that he's Lord, he can also have you confess while you look in the mirror and realize that he made you more than what you're dealing with. He made you more than what people have said about you, what people have done about you, what people have done towards you or to you, what people have said. Every negative thing I've heard, just about everything, I've heard that. But I have to realize, if God didn't say it, don't believe it. If God didn't say that's who I was, don't accept it. Everything that people say is not the final answer. Those are just suggestions. If you look on the box where you have to fill out stuff, there are something that says, please sign up here, please check it. But then there are others that say the box is an option. What people have said about you is only an option if you don't choose to accept it or not. You don't have to. Just realize that God made you valuable. And I would urge each and every one you do have a church home, be active in it. Yes. Your church needs you. Yes. But the church is not just the building. No. We talking about outside this building. But if you don't have a church home, if you're looking for a church home, I would introduce you to a great church under the leader of Pastor Logan and Sister Logan. I would urge you all you're welcome to join, but I would also urge you come out and be taught. And realize how much God has for you in the life. You can't live this life on your own. You can't do it. I'm telling you, you shouldn't do it. Why? Because God has so much for you. If there's anybody that wants prayer, you're welcome to come at this time. If there's anybody that with some strongholds, I'm going to tell you this. Been there. Been there. Been there. Done that. But I realized I don't have to do that. God can do everything that he promised. But we got to believe, but also we have a responsibility of make sure we do our part. Don't put ourselves in a compromised position. Your soul is more important than anything that the devil may try to put out. And I thank God for another chance. I thank God for it. And because of the other chance, God bless me to be here at home. At home. If there's no one in need prayer, Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you. I want to say this, but I don't have Everyone. Real quick, real quick. I want to say it publicly. Oh, Pastor Logan, thank you. Pastor Logan, thank you. Brother Landy, 